everybody, and welcome to The Wench Bench, where friends sit and talk about fabulous fictional females and how their stories have influenced us throughout our lives. My name is Fonda. And my name is Allison. And today, we have a guest with us. Our dear, wonderful, fabulous person, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi! <laughs> Sorry, I've been holding my breath over here, trying not to make a sound. Uh, my name is Emily T-Bear, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you for coming. Yeah, today Emily is going to be talking about a character and a book series that I am not at all familiar with, so I'm quite excited. Same. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping that I can uh, do stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm very excited to share this uh, book with you and, and this particular character that really kind of has stood with me for a lot longer than I expected her to kind of like be with me, if that makes sense, and if that's not weird to say. I don't yeah. think it's weird. So the character's name is... Uh, her The character's name is Agnishka. Agnishka. I okay. do apologize as well for the pronunciation because I'm imagining that a lot of this is meant to be based on... Okay, so, oh, goodness gracious, I'm already screwing up. Her name is Agnishka. The book actually is called Uprooted. It's a standalone um, okay. by Naomi Novik. And the whole story, I guess, world is sort of based a lot around, like, Polish culture. So you do have, like, a lot of Polish names, a lot of Polish references, um, things like that. So it's cool. very cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I do apologize for pronunciations going forward. That's fine. I literally just recorded an episode on Squid Game. So huh. everybody got to listen to me try and pronounce Korean names. <laughs> it was great. I love it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so tell us a okay. little bit about the, the book, the, the world it Totally. Is and... um, well, this is a fantasy standalone book, and it is based sort of loosely on the scenario of the princess and the dragon trope. Do you guys know okay. a lot about this trope? I feel like the name is, like, on point enough that even if I haven't, like, Googled the, the trope and the exact definition... I feel like I've seen enough things about a dragon and yeah. a princess in many forms, especially kids' cartoons. <laughs> yeah. it's Best part about a trope is that they're usually pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think everybody from a small age already knows what we're talking about when we say the princess and the dragon. And, you know, just for anybody listening that might not know... Here's a bit of a refresher. Yeah. Um, it's basically just a dragon kidnaps a princess or some other monster kidnaps a princess and is going to eat them or entrap them for many, many years. And then along comes a hero. It could be a prince. It could be a farm boy. It could be just literally any man comes in <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and saves her either by slaying the creature or by outwitting it, banishing it, whatever. And... Everybody lives happily ever after. So <laughs> we see this so much throughout culture, throughout history, mythology, folklore. A very well-known one is we have Perseus saving the princess Andromeda from mm -hmm. the sea monster. There's also another uh, story where it's like St. George and the Dragon, it's called, where <laughs> it's, man, classic. This 
woman is about to be sacrificed to this dragon due to some paganistic beliefs. Yeah, been there. Classic. <laughs> uh, and the St. George kind of comes along and he slays the beast and everybody is so happy that they uh, convert to Christianity. <laughs> Man. <laughs> and everyone lives happily ever after. I love... <laughs> I love, like, blatantly, <laughs> like, propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yes. Like, oh, my God. Had a word for what that was. Yeah. <laughs> it was propaganda. Man, they my, loved this. <laughs> my favorite trope series for this is uh, Shrek. Because <laughs> Shrek and Fiona. <laughs> I feel like that, that movie series did a good job like screwing with tropes just yeah. enough 100 <laughs> percent, yeah and it, it's such a good example of like turning it on its head as well mm-hmm. uh because we see like it's almost kind of like in the last 50-ish years that i think we've seen a resurgence and a, a twisting of this tale because like sleeping beauty before was probably the most recent quote-unquote recent interpretation of this trope yeah. and then ever since then I think you know we see it in literature in movies in cartoons where the princess maybe outsmarts the dragon or escapes herself or my favorite where she just prefers the dragon's but company but she just falls in love with the dragon I was just about to yeah, say yeah, that yeah. I was like that is a lot of the romance that I read <laughs> yeah. the villain wins because <laughs> it turns out that the good guy is actually that good a guy totally <laughs> oh I love it so much um, so it's I love this trope because it has such a it, it has so much opportunity to turn it on in on its head and to like take those cliches and also like in all of these projections of this story the woman is always she's not really talking a lot she doesn't really do much except be the damsel in distress she doesn't have any choice or agency and in a lot of the conclusion of these stories she's just sort of a gift she's yeah. like hey hero You've slayed the thing. Marry her, <laughs> and yeah. you you live happily ever you after. Succeeded, and I am the prize. Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it was really exciting to kind of pick up this book and just through the synopsis alone get the vibe that we're gonna have more of her story and more of her progression and development, rather than seeing like this trope of the hero coming in and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to add a bit of a trigger warning, I guess, um, sure. if that might, if it's, that's the right word for it, pardon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really, really early on in the first couple chapters, there is a, a an assault scene. Um, oh, okay. Now, nothing comes of it, I would like to really, really add. Like, she kicks his ass in, like, the best way, but he is forcing himself on her in this really uncomfortable way that's just, like, you know, it, you know, like, when somebody is, like, cooing the other person, being like, don't worry, it's fine. Like, uh, I know you're scared. Uh, like, super uncomfortable. Yeah, and really like, giving you the heebie-jeebies. Oh, and yeah. and I'm, I'm really glad kind of re, re-familiarizing myself with this book has sort of disillusioned me from how great it was. Because when mm-hmm. I first read it, I was like, oh, best book I've ever read. Uh, and now I'm like, oh, okay, it's still a really good book, and the character I still really enjoy, 
But now I'm like more down to earth on there's a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's like a big part of just responsibly consuming media as mm-hmm. like a person who like it's like you can still enjoy it. Like I enjoy a lot of problematic shit. Um, <laughs> fully aware that I do. <laughs> Doesn't mean that I can't expect other things to do better. Right. Yeah, or like, for example, the whole nostalgia of a series, whether it's a show, a book, what have you, I feel like when you get older, no matter if it's like two years into having read something and you're like, oh, I'm just going to read it again, you're a totally different person and like how you view things is allowed to change and I think it's good that you're like aware of that for this thing that you really enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess to sort of get right into it. Yes, um, So Agnishka <clears throat> lives in the village of Dvarnik, D-V-E-R-N-I-K, Dvarnik, in the kingdom of Polnia. Every 10 years, the local wizard, who is known as the dragon, really spot on, collects one teenage girl as payment for protecting the local valley from the magical forest, which is just called the wood um, that borders it. So already we've kind of hit a little bit on like the first red flag. Yeah, the fact that she's a teenager. Welcome to like all young adult fiction. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and like, Yay. not to defend it, <laughs> she is an older teenager. She, she is like 17, 18. Like 18. Like she is like not 14 to 16. She is like more our idea of a, a young adult. She's yes. not a teenager exactly. Not to like defend it, but like super problematic already. Yeah. So despite being born, oh sorry. I just, how old is the book series? Out of curiosity. Um, it's not that old. It's probably 2015. I think is when this okay. book came out. Just wanted to, just wanted to. Yeah. Hear about uh-huh. that. Fair enough. Um. And despite being born in this tribute year, Agnishka does not fear being taken, as the dragon only chooses the best and brightest girls, and Agnishka is clumsy and slovenly. As a po- yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So kind of another problem where he only picks the perfect one. (laughs) The prettiest one, or the brightest one. more reason to be less ladylike. Mm. (laughs) Um, So everybody thinks that her best friend, Kaiza, uh, has been basically groomed from a very young age to be taken. Yeah, Love that. there's like there's some <laughs> grooming. Yeah, oh yeah. There's there's actually some. I mean, like <laughs> I like self care grooming is fine. <laughs> like, I hate... like taking care of yourself. Yeah, I yeah. Hate other people doing the grooming. Oh yeah, like it's wild. Her yeah. mom. We get a little. We it's great that we do get a little bit later on of. Not quite a resolution, but definitely a confrontation of like, yeah, her mom was basically like, you're going to be taken, you're going to be the best, you're going to be the bravest, you're going to be the brightest. Like, why would you want your do- your kid to be taken? As you say, is there like a bonus or yeah, something? No, like, does he like get <laughs> you? Is it like? No. Like, oh, you get the big house. <laughs> Is it like a religious thing? You no. Know, where they're just like, oh, hey, like sadly, no. We need the creme de la creme of a of a thing for this religious deity in order no. for the rest. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Like Is they the don't wizard get just really anything. hot. Oh, okay, so I think 
Yes. Get into it. Let's go. I think he's hot only because I like tall, skinny boys. (gasps) Oh, yes. Fonda also likes tall, skinny boys. My husband, my significant other, is a tall, skinny man. You're listening to this, my dear. I love you. So, like, he's a tall, skinny boy that always scowls. He's just, like, an edgelord, basically. Oh, so oh like, Emily. It, no one here knows Emily, but we do, and she oh loves yeah. an edgelord. Yeah. <laughs> I love an edgelord, but unfortunately, this guy isn't exactly the edgelord. He just looks it. He's um, just an asshole. Yeah. I mean, I do have a thing for him. <laughs> you have a thing for What do you know? <laughs> what do you know? He's just a hard, perfect man. <laughs> well, I don't like Oh, asshole. my God. <laughs> I'm out of the ring. We have discussed at length Allison's toxic taste in men. We can move on. Yeah, now we're talking about Emily's taste. We're talking about Emily's toxic taste in men. So... So during, like, the ceremony, he's kind of going through this line of women that are, like, (laughs) groomed and presented to him. And he's kind of leering at them in, like, certain ways. It's really uncomfortable. And he's, like, especially leering at her best friend. Because everyone's, like, she's totally going to get taken. But then he comes back to her. And he does this weird thing where he, like, here, hold this magic ball. (laughs) Does he do that to anyone else? No, just to her. Because huh. it is kind of also stated a little bit early on that the re- he kind of always has a sense of the most special. He doesn't he doesn't know these women and these girls like one on one. He never talks to them before, but he always has a sense of like who is the most special. And again, that could just be the best dancer, the best singer, the smartest, the most well read, the best cook. Like it, it ranges from all these different things. So he he kind of comes back to her because he senses something about her. Mm. And you know, I was rereading this moment, and I'm like, what was it that gave away that she was special? Like she holds this ball of whatever. It didn't change color that I remember. It just, she just holds it. And then he's like, okay, you'll do. And takes her and leaves. <laughs> like, she doesn't get to say goodbye to her family. What? Yeah. It's called abduction. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> he like grabs her and bams out of there. <laughs> he's like, you're mine now. Oh my God. Literally. He just kid. I mean, I know they're all technically there because they need to be. And everyone seems fine with it, so I guess it's not like kidnapping, but it just feels like kidnapping. Yeah, it's not a good time. Uh, and Rose-colored kidnapping. <laughs> very, very much so. And she's obviously not happy about this because she didn't expect this to happen. She's very thrown from the whole events, and she's suddenly like having to try to figure out what is her role that she's supposed to be doing for the dragon because he never like explains to her like her role like what is she supposed to do is she a servant does she supposed to like bring food it's so vague yeah hang on a second yeah totally we're gonna put a pause uh <laughs> listeners there's yard work going on outside so if you hear buzzing uh ignore it i don't know <laughs> Forgive it. <laughs> Continue. Oh, yes, thank please you. keep telling me um, about how Agnishka Agnishka is uh probably not happy. Yeah, she yeah, yeah cause, like yeah, she's trying to do her best to like 
not a, appease him isn't the word, but I think it is the word in this case too. Like she tries to make him dinner and like food because she's like, I don't have an I I don't know. You haven't talked to me or communicated to me what my quote unquote role is to you. So she's just trying to do her best, which is already so admirable. But he. Oh, God, this asshole. I don't... It, please don't tell me this is, like, a Stockholm thing. No, God, no. Oh, my okay. God. She actually... Okay. By the end of this story, she's just... She's so kick-ass in a different way. And, okay. I'm, and I can't wait to get to that point. I but right now, he just, like, is kind of, ab- like, verbally and emotionally abusing her. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Let's go. Right? Yeah. Calling Love her, it. like, worthless, <laughs> like, really demeaning her, being an asshole... Is he, like, a really old wizard? Like, like old oh, yeah. in the sense of, like, he looks young and hot, I guess. But he, like, is, like, really old and, like, timely. 100%. He's, like, 100 oh. years old. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Like, minimum. 100 okay, years. Okay, cool, cool, um, cool, cool, And cool. he, like, brings her back and says all these mean things to her and starts teaching her magic. And, and starts, like, getting her to recite all of these, like, magic words that she's, like... You know, she's saying back and, like, struggling with, and, like, it's such a draining experience, this magic, that she's being put through, I guess. And, like, the whole while, he's not being supportive (laughs) at all. He's not, like, helping her. He's not, like, doing anything. And also, like, this kind of takes place over, like, a period of weeks after uh, she's taken. Like, he's, he's training her and, like, teaching her these things, and she has no idea what is going on weird okay is there a name for like shitty mentor (laughs) trolls like the mentors (laughs) that like don't tell you why they're doing anything and they're assholes to you until like get somehow good at something and then they explain why they weren't like i don't don't know supportive gaslighting (laughs) (laughs) can gaslighting be supportive that's an it's, oxymoron. It's just like manipulating somebody to believe something. That's true. <laughs> yeah. It's called evil mental. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and for and for a long while, she kind of thinks this is just normal uh, because <laughs> she nobody knows what he does to these women. <sighs> <sighs> Sounds <laughs> shitty. Yeah, what happens like if he's had this many? Is how many? How many? spans of time must go by before he ten a... years. I was so, gonna say so every decade. Every decade he gets a new Are there any person. What, dude, does anything happen to the women I, after ten years? I would like to say that he early on he does have has no sexual advances on these women. Okay. We, I mean like <laughs> like that's a pretty low fucking bar. <laughs> Like, but like, weird, right? Are they, are that's they our still, expectation. Are they still in the tower? Do they go back? Oh, home? that's fair. Like, are they dead? <laughs> After a decade, you're just like, ah, you're too old. No, you're just about thirty. Get out. Um, it, it's kind of weird because through throughout their decade that they're just hanging out with him, like, because I guess he's just lonely. He can't talk to people, but like, I'm just gonna take you and like have you keep me company. Like, what a ugh. Um, <laughs> God damn it. So these women, after, like, they're taken and, like, after they've been sent home, they kind of have this sort of longing, I guess, that they experience. Like, suddenly, like, their small community in this uh, v- valley just feels too small for them. So most of the women don't stay. They they go to the larger cities and kind of have more, like, um, 
rich and uh, lavish lives, essentially. Okay. Um, so she just thinks that this is normal, that he somehow, like, magically affects these women. And the only reason why she suddenly realizes that she is unique and special, still doesn't know that she can do magic. The only reason why she learns that she is unique in some way is through these notes that are left by the previous uh, woman who is just saying, like, hey, like, he won't do anything to you. He just wants company, you know, to, like, maybe chat with him every now and again, um, sing for him or do whatever. So she's like, what? (laughs) You mean all I was supposed to be doing was singing and this guy's... (laughs) Yeah. It's making me recite magic. <laughs> yeah, and she's having a shit time of it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, not a good time. Uh, the only other reason that she's like, oh, okay, I, I'm a magic user, I guess, is because the prince comes to visit. Oh. Oh, yeah, the prince Apolnia. P- wait, people can visit the wizard? So, this other, okay. <laughs> the dragon, sorry. The dragon, so, like... There's a lot of other political shit going on in this book that I'm not going to dive in too much because, one, politics is too much for me, and I'm that's not the focus. Um, (laughs) Two, there's just so so much shit going on between, like, oh, if we do this one thing, the other people are going to do this other... Like, this stupid game of chess match where even the character, uh, Agnishka, is like, why can't you just sit and talk? Why do you have to make this complicated? Why can't you just, like, have a, a communication? <laughs> <laughs> Which is another reason why I love her is just she's so, she's so, like, natural in yeah. a way, if that makes sense. Like, she's never thinking conniving ways. She's never, like, manipulating people. She sees things as kind of like a face value, which leads to, like, some problems kind of, like, later on and, like... It doesn't always benefit her to see things as sometimes as black and white. Yeah. Anyway, so the prince comes to visit. And then this is where we get that really icky moment of him forcing himself on her and, like, taking advantage of her and, like, cooing her. Literally, like, like a horse. Like, you, how you would, like, hey, don't worry. It's okay. It's like fine. I'm just yeah. trying to touch you or you don't want to be touched. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah. Super uncomfortable. And she's, like, telling him, like, hey, no, no, thank you. No, I don't feel comfortable with this. And he's just not, he's not listening at all. So to defend herself through some of the magic she's been learning, one of the spells, one of the cantrips that she learned was to basically uh, get herself new clothes. Um, It's like, it's just a spell that like she casts and it's like, oh, now you have this extravagant ball gown. Love it. Really super useful. Super useful. (laughs) I would love it. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's really useful in this because as he's like advanced, like forcing herself on the bed, forcing... As he's She's just putting on more clothes. She literally like <laughs> says this spell and a big like ball gown, petticoats, petticoats, corset, like she has like inches of fabric. Yeah. I love this. I love that so yeah. much. I love this. The best defense. More fabric. More fabric so he can't get in. And he's understandably like shocked <laughs> by this. But he's also, like, excited because he's like, no, not in (laughs) No, no. No. That is a unique fetish. (laughs) 
The more clothes. The more clothes. Yes. The mm. Sorry. He's he's excited. Not in that way. But in, in uh, uh, like, he's excited to know that she's a witch. Because he's oh. he's about to, like, say, hey, listen to me. I need your help. But before he can get that far, she grabs the nearest metal thing and hits him over the head. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Appropriate yes. course of action. Bravo. <laughs> and truly knocks him out cold and he's bleeding. Good. Good. Hundred percent worse. Totally. Uh, and thankfully, well not thankfully, because actually even when the dragon comes in and is like, What have you done? Like to this Agnishka, he's like, What the fuck? <laughs> What is happening? Yeah, I said, Why are you in a ball gown? <laughs> yeah, and like kind of blaming, being that asshole and blaming her. Just like, blaming. totally. Like, yeah. what did you do? <laughs> so he he does explain briefly, like, yes, yes, you could do magic. I'm training you and all that jazz because I have to. And he helps her reset him up and fudge his memory so that he's not going to remember being hit. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Love yeah. it. A little magical roofie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So, <laughs> excuse me. Deterred. Yeah. Do I? That was so good. <laughs> Literally, it was yeah, so good. It's off the rails. We gotta oh. <laughs> back up. Oh, I'm gonna get some water real quick. Mm. <laughs> So as more time is passing, one of the other rules that the dragon is kind of required to do is uh, deal with any sort of monsters and magic that the sort of wood gives out. Because this wood also is described throughout the book as being kind of a toxic place. If you okay. go in, it, it corrupts you and it infects you. You're kind of, it's a sort of a death sentence. Very few people come out of the woods alive and intact and whole. Um, And also, too, like the woods, I don't want to call it quite sentient, but it does sort of send out like bad shit. So, (laughs) to to reiterate that, um, in one of these moments where the dragon is sent off to deal with a chimera that's like fucking with some other people, (laughs) a notice for help comes from her village that he can't see, of course, because he's away. So she, being, like, the best self that she is, is like, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, leave my family and village to suffer. So she goes to this village to help. And she has this great interaction, too, with her friend, briefly, where... She's explaining the pretty friend, the, the pretty one friend, that the beautiful friend. Everyone thought was gonna get taken. Yeah, because there's a bit of a, a tense moment that kind of gets explained a little bit more too later on, where they they're very happy to see each other. But Agnishka explains to her like why I got taken, and it's so cool how, that her best friend describes like, oh, this makes so much more sense because I remember seeing all these moments with you that are unexplainable, like how she could always like climb the tree the best or that she could never keep her clothes clean because like the earth was literally like grabbing at her but not in an aggressive way in these like little ways and um how the acorns and the pine cones would tell her stories that she would tell to other people it's really kind of cool to see this magic that she has always had inherently that Mm -hmm. has gone so unnoticed because it was just childlike innocence it's explained to a little bit how she or how she she has a different effect to the corruption. 
Because Italy. another time, yes, of course. In my, in my head, I'm like, she's a child of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's connected to the woods. And then you say something, and I'm like, ha ha! Aha! Vindicated. <laughs> I was correct. I'm picking up on the beats. Yeah. From this book I haven't read, but that my friend is doing a good job of reiterating. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Because uh, she does go into the woods at one point to pick blackberries. And, like, as a child, you know, covered in blackberry juice, she goes home and her mother is weeping because she is so certain that her child is dead. Like, yeah. that it, 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 like, she's so heartbroken. But then you kind of find out that the, conveniently, the berries that she picked were untouched by the corruption. Oh, convenient. Convenient. <laughs> lucky? Does she have the lucky feet? Mm. <laughs> Uh, so she goes to help her village, who all of the cows and the cattle have been basically bitten and gone crazy by these wolves um, that came out of the woods and, like, fuck shit up. And she uh, helps, like, destroy the cattle, which is really, really heartbreaking for the economy, yeah. understandably, <laughs> understandably, of this uh, uh, small town. But then the wolves go after her and her best friend. <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's wild. And we, ah, man, I love to that these friends, even though they go through a bit of a tumultuous moment of um, the best friend hating Agnishka for being taken, mm-hmm. and like we kind of see this moment a little bit later on. Even though they have this like tense moment of like hatred and animosity, they still come together because they still love each other so much. They are the best of friends. Um, And they are like doing the best they can to protect each other from the wood, like from these wolves. Agnishka is trying to use whatever magic she's learned to like stop them. There's this great moment where Kaza literally grabs an axe from Agnishka, who's not really doing anything with it, and starts hacking at the wolves. <laughs> like, from the first moment, Kaza is, like, a badass. Awesome. <laughs> it is so great. I'm really glad their friendship wasn't ruined by the wizard dragon yeah. man. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, like, it, yeah. yeah, like, their friendship is so beautiful. And, you know, the dragon does come and, like, save them a little bit more, but he gets, he gets wounded. <gasps> Classic. Classic. <laughs> Standard stuff. <laughs> so she she takes him back to the tower and is struggling to try to keep the corruption out of him. And she's like going through his library books and being like, what's going to help me? Because yeah. <laughs> she doesn't really know. And she comes across this book that has like a bunch of like notes and like p- kind of papers in it. And it looks really, really old. And there's a healing spell in it. So she grabs whatever ingredients she needs, like lemon and thyme and stuff like that, that the recipe magic requires, and she goes and she heals him. And this is kind of one of these great instances where we see her magic as more intuitive, as more natural than what he's been trying to force upon her. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's been trying to teach her by the book this is what magic is. Yeah. <laughs> this is a textbook. His patriarchal idea of what magic is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this has worked and Just it's get always really worked. feminist <laughs> and shitty about it. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, ah, yes, I am the intelligence wizard from Dungeons and Dragons. And you're like, 
the innate sorcerer with charisma or like wisdom. Like well, it's you're like a druid. It's like how in the real world, uh, they started not letting midwives help women have babies because the doctor went to school. Of course. He's, he's a man. He knows way more about having children than the women do who have been having children for thousands of years. He has a degree. He has a degree. <laughs> I have this piece of paper. It says that I know more than you. Exactly. It literally exactly this. Yeah. Um, Love it. Which is kind of another reason why she's been struggling with this magic so much is like it makes no sense to her and she's like why so she takes this book and there's a bunch of like measurements and notes in it that he's taken actually about like how much lemon to use how much time and whatever and she's like fuck this I don't have time for this (laughs) so she just kind of like goes by gut instinct of like how much time how much lemon all this other stuff and starts like making this chant and she starts singing to it that this hundred year old birthday song that is actually like a song in uh polish culture that is it's just really really cool to kind of see a little bit of that kind of culture coming in but also seeing her using this innate ability of just like hey this is a comfort thing this is something that i know and i know how to control um and i'm incorporating it into this magic that i don't know yeah so i think that's a really really lovely balance and you know, sure enough, she heals him beautifully, and he's very upset. <laughs> because of course he is. Of course Real he butt is. Hurt. <laughs> yeah, because he's he's so mad and upset that he she. So backstory on this book, really quickly. This was a the book that was belonged to Baba Yaga. Ooh, yeah. yeah. This uh was like. She died, like, 600 years, apparently, before, like, this story is occurring. Um, And he's been trying to decipher it. He's been trying to, like, take this old woman's vague notes on magic and make, like, a solid grounding. Like, again, making it into a textbook. And he's been failing at it for as long as he's had it. Yeah. Classic. So he's really upset (laughs) that she can grab it off the top of the shelf and just do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because some things you can just do naturally and you have an instinct for. Yeah. You tried to study it. (laughs) Like baking. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's not baking. (laughs) It's magic. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So he's real upset. Love it. About that. And then he, he gets, he says some bullshit about like, oh, well obviously you're good at this magic because it's healing magic. Because it's feminine. it's feminine and you just you know, it's inherent in you to know how to heal people. I roll. just big a big F you to, yeah. <laughs> big F you to the dragon. I know, and it, this is why I'm like God, you had such potential to be this edgy boy that I love, and you're just an asshole. You're, you're just an asshole. You're just a little like <laughs> does he apo- insecure. Does he apologize for it later? She no. Can. Well, <laughs> they, no, yeah, okay. He never apologizes for anything that he does. Well, <laughs> I, like, what is it the, the phrase that's like, die mad about it? Yeah. Like, like, I don't care. Die mad about it, you freaking uh, turd. Like, <laughs> such a dick. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, he... But then he does start reluctantly letting her kind of... He's still teaching her magic, but she is starting to take a little bit more initiative on, like, hey, like, this is my gut instinct, and this is what I'm feeling is the magic is telling me. 
instead of like me controlling the magic. So he is reluctantly being like, fine, whatever. I'll teach <laughs> you what I know and then you can do whatever <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so some more time passes where she's kind of learning some stuff. And there's actually another great moment where he she's getting upset with him that he's not teaching her any more of like the Baba Yaga journal. And he's like, because none of it's proven, none of it's been tested, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and she's like, well, I've done so many of the spells in it, like, successfully. Which he gets more upset about. <laughs> I'm better than you. <laughs> At yeah. this Give one me the book. <laughs> and there's this great moment where he, he tells her, like, show me exactly what you did with this one spell. And she does. And then he tries to, he does it exactly how she does it. But he fails, and she mocks him for it. Yes, <laughs> she's literally like, "You shouldn't have done that." <laughs> and he gets so upset because it's like, "Well, you did." And and she describes again the magic as intuitive. It's like, "Okay, well, you're going down this path, but then a hedge is in your way or a fallen tree. So what you do is you try to go through the object." And she's like, "Well, you just go around and you just find like your new path to get to the main path." So it, it's kind of cool seeing her magic also kind of coming back to like this idea of the woods yeah in a way because like she does have like this great connection with the forest and with the valley and with her land and he doesn't yeah (laughs) he's just so ignorant to it um so some more time passes and she gets word that her friend kazia gets kidnapped (gasps) By the prince? No. Oh, I was like, are we going to tie this back No, no, no. (laughs) Inside. (laughs) No, by the woods. Oh, shit. Yeah. The woods just like. Yeah, like, the wood is kind of a fucked up place. (laughs) Like, it's it's really brutal. So Mm -hmm. I'll give a bit, bit of a description of the woods, too. So the woods has been, like, toxic and shitty and, like, corrupt for as long as they can remember. Maybe thousands of years. Nobody really knows. And it has basically taken people. It has fucked shit up. Um, but what it does to the, these people is they make them into heart trees. Or, like, they put them into the heart trees. And oh. what these heart trees are, it's, they're basically, like, old, old ancient trees. Oaks, if you will. Um, that kind of, like, uh, have a bit of an area around them. So, if you will, like, one heart tree kind of commands this one area mm-hmm. of a wood. So, if you destroy the heart tree, that whole wood you could easily burn and clear away and clear the corruption away. Yeah. That's kind of how that works. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I think, because heart trees, I think, are based on, like, actual things and, like, actual fol- folklore. I think I've heard mm-hmm. the term heart tree used in, like, stories and stuff like that before. Yeah. Um, so her friend has been taken by a woodwalker, which is essentially a tree folk person, and, like, put and forced into one of these trees. <gasps> oh, no. It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> and... The dragon is like, nah, she's dead. <laughs> what a... What, sir. Sir. Right? The, we, the audacity <laughs> of men. <laughs> we, you know, we might love... Like, lo- she otherwise. <laughs> we love, you know, a, a, a somewhat toxic man. This is too we much. We love a somewhat toxic man. You know, we, love, we love a bit of an asshole. There, it's because <laughs> there has to be a balance. Like, there has to be, like other redeeming qualities yeah. to that, like, to balance that toxic. 
toxicity, but this guy doesn't seem to have like a redeeming side of things. Not really. When I read like the villain gets the girl romance books, he's only the villain to other people. And then she realizes that it's like a facade and he's actually a really nice guy inside. And so like he has redeeming qualities, even though he's like a murdering psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) This guy just doesn't sound like he has any redeeming qualities. No, and like we, we do see some things that are like, okay, you are a good guy and you are you have been portrayed in a shitty light but that's also because you're shitty it's also because you've been stealing women (laughs) yeah and like just being an asshole um so he immediately writes kaza off as dead like it's no point going into the woods because you're gonna just get corrupted you're gonna get taken and you're gonna die along with her being a negative Nancy. Being a fucking coward. Yeah. That's <laughs> what he is. Yeah. Um, you don't deserve to be a dragon. No. Sir. <laughs> why does he have that title? Uh, so the reason why he has this title is all wizards and witches do have a title after they've basically gone through school, if you will, or a trial, <laughs> sure. you know, and they've succeeded and all that other stuff. They can choose their name. Um, so he does. So he picked it for himself. He picked it oh for himself. Oh my god! <laughs> but it's god. like it's like it's like. But like we we also do see like there's another wizard that comes later on um, that's close with the prince who's also totally a creep. He's called the Falcon. There's a witch that we do see a little bit too who's called the Willow. So like, you know. <laughs> How is it that I hate both of the men's names? And I'm just like, I can vibe with you. Like, yeah, yeah. Below. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just, I feel like there's just something so narcissistic about naming yourself like... Like a predator? Like a predator. <laughs> I... No, I'm a big, tough guy. Here's, I know. here's where my head goes. Okay, like, if, if, if they're choosing their own names... Is it, like, do they pick from things that are, like, important to the world? You know what I mean? Like, is a dragon supposed to embody something and this wizard thinks he embodies it and picks the title for himself? Like, that's... Uh, (laughs) That's where I would hope. You know what I mean? Like, that's where I'm, like, okay... You want to become this cool thing. So you pick the name to be like, universe, listen. I'm like, you know, mantras, right? Like, if I say it enough, it's true. But I'm not getting that. And I'm really pissed about it. I unfortunately don't think that's the vibe. (laughs) I think, I think... So they also, I should say that these people do have, like, actual names, like the wizards and witches. I hope his Um, name's Craig. But the... Their name is also based on the title that they choose. And basically, their name is, like, um, the magic name of their title. So it's just, like, it's basically, like, the true name of magic would be the dragon Uh, and, like, the falcon. So that's... But still, you you still do choose it, which is kind of, like, shitty. It's dubious at (laughs) best. Totally dubious. Um, Which also... I mean, I don't want to jump ahead too quickly, but it, it also really speaks to Agnishka as a character and as a person, because eventually she does have to go to the capital and she does take this trial and this test Yay. and she succeeds. And they're like, hey, you have to choose your name. And she's like, why? I'm perfectly happy being Agnishka. Like, that's my name. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yes. So she's just like, she just owns it. Yes. Uh, and I... 
I love that so much because I people people always are seeing her as like a simpleton, as a farm girl, as like somebody that's just like, you know nothing of magic or politics or what we're really doing. And she's just like, why why are you making it more complicated for yourself? Like, why can't we just fix something? Like, why do we have to like play these political games or make things harder for her ourselves? Why don't we just do it? All this bullshit bureaucracy. Garbage. Literally. So her friend gets kidnapped and she's like, I'm going. I am yeah. absolutely going into the woods by myself to save her. And she does. She like goes through the woods. Um, she go sees some like forest walkers and she's like, nah. So like she does have like some moments of like craziness. But she does like get her friend out of the tree and she destroys it and burns it. Um, and like she's also not a strong girl. She carries her friend out. Yeah, she, like, hauls her over her shoulder and, like, starts dragging her out of the wood. And the dragon is, like, you know, I think not having it. <laughs> He's not having a good time. Oh, good. No. The dragon. <laughs> mad about it. The dragon yeah. is so upset. He's, oh, no, the big bad dragon. He's, <laughs> like, bully. yeah, he's, like, pretty furious and like wow that was a stupid move if only you could see how hard my eyes roll yeah and like i also do want to give the dragon some credit mm -mm. well <laughs> fair, total, totally his actions are inexcusable allison she's allowed to have her opinion let us hear her out <laughs> I have made my decision. <laughs> and you're entitled to. Yeah, he's he's totally an asshole. Um, I'm not Why? fighting you on that. No. But I will say, like, he's been in the tower. So, like, that's where he... Classic. Of course it's a tower. Uh, he's been in this tower, like, at the edge of the woods, defending it for, like, decades. Yeah. So he he knows pretty well how fucked up it is and how corrupt it is and what it does to people and he he actually knows through firsthand experience, like trying to save somebody, that it doesn't work. Which we do kind of get a little bit. So really quickly, he brings she brings uh, Neshka brings her friend back to the tower, and the dragon immediately locks her up away from mm. uh, Agnishka, mm -hmm. and like sometime later, brings her down there to see uh, her friend Kaza and. There seems to be a moment where Kaza's like, oh my god, like, I'm so glad to see you. Is my mom okay? What happened? But through the wizard's magic, we see that she's fully corrupt. And when she knows that she's exposed, like uh, Kaza, her demeanor immediately changes. And she starts mocking Agnishka and, like, fucking mm. with her. So... I, understandably, yeah. Agnishka is, like, really shaken from this. Really upset. <laughs> really upset. And it's kind of after that that the dragon is like, hey, I don't know 100% how you're feeling. <laughs> I can't know. <laughs> but I I did try to save somebody that was corrupted. He, It's nobody he knew personally, really. It was just sort of, like, uh, many, many years ago, a woman at court manipulated him into falling in love with her so that he would hopefully save her husband from the corruption. Oh. Um, and he had been, a, the husband had been alive for a very long time. Obviously it didn't work out. The lady was super upset and tried to gouge out his eyes. Oh, jeez. Um, so like, not a good time for him. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad so like, yeah. yeah, and he was actually 
understandably portrayed, not understandably, but that sort of tale was diluted and like told as like her being the victim and he being the evil wizard that had like fucked up her husband. So like kind of through the telephone game, if you will, or through the bard game of like telling stories, (laughs) he was kind of depicted as the asshole. So she's like, oh, okay, maybe I am sort, I am only slightly misjudging you. You're still a dick, but like you do have some emotion and feeling. You're just, you, you built up so many walls that you're hiding everything. But she is adamant in trying to save her friend. Yeah, of course. Yeah. She loves her. She's like, no way am I letting her, like, suffer like this. So they do uh, this incredible, like, summoning. It's, I don't know what it's called. It's like someone summoning this spell where it's, like, a very intense, magically draining spell that is supposed to, like, suck the evil out, I think, is how it's sort of being portrayed. It's a little bit, like, fluid as magic is. Mm-hmm. And they're going through, like, this spell and and trying to cleanse her. And this is kind of where we get this moment of, like, their relationship sort of being harsh. Because this is where we see Agnishka seeing Kaza for the first time as feeling like she's being robbed of something. Because she Mm. was told her whole... Her mother groomed her to be taken. And she has so much resentment for her mother for not being so loving for always being distant for always pushing her to be better than she ever wanted to be so we see that hatred for her mother we also see that hatred for Agnishka for being chosen for taking this thing that she was supposed to have there's a really wild moment too where we see kind of a flashback to where Kaza is just at the table like at night after the she her friend was taken and all of these boys start sort of leering at her mm-hmm. and like talking to her and all these these boys that were like not giving her the time of day or or were kind of too distant are suddenly like oh you're available now and you're perfect gross yeah so gross so she's so gross. yeah so gross so she's like she feels yeah like shit <laughs> yeah understandably yeah but d- but despite that like they still have so much love and affection and, and bond between them that Agnishka can save her and like kind of lead her out of um, her sort of torment, her corrupted torment. And she does, and it's great. And Yay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the power of friendship. Yay. <laughs> so she she saves her friend and it's incredibly personal and sweet, and the dragon's like well, didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe there is more that I can learn if I just stop being a dick. Yeah. He doesn't, but... He doesn't. He doesn't, but yeah. he's getting better at it. Um, so again, over like the next couple months as well, we see her, Kaza, kind of learning to walk again because that was like a very hard thing. She's kind of like eating a little bit better. She's sort of learning to like be a person again. She's also gotten some crazy, unusual strength from the effects oh yeah she is like so physically strong it is wild like we see her in some battles later on and she's like throwing horses oh my god (laughs) yeah she is throwing punches left and right and it's amazing that's awesome um and i really quickly i'd like to touch on the romance that is between, of course, the dragon and Agnishka. I know. It, it, it is 
there because we are also like by by this time it is a couple months that yeah. she's been taken that she's learning that she's kind of like okay I know you're kind of a dick I I'm having a thicker skin now I don't really care she's a topper oh if you know what I mean by okay. that what like <laughs> I'll get behind that so <laughs> she oh my god I wait I will wait. get behind Agushka wait is she is the she, fucking asshole wait Wait, top, wait. So, okay. Top, wait, I need to check, because I'm imagining two kinds of tops. She... Where she is just, like, a, like, femme fatale, like, like, dominating, like, being the one that's, like, leading, or is she pegging the dude? <laughs> like, like, literally topping. <laughs> like, I'm not in sexual spaces often, but I do know that there's two different types of topping. I mean, there are very de- varying degrees of being a an- yeah, you know, or a dog, or whatever, depending on your, your specific um, social circles. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just need this to be clarified. You know, while I'm sure there are strap-ons in this in this fantasy world, she'd never wears one. Okay. Um, but there is a, a brief romance scene between Ooh. them where they're sort of doing this thing where they're kind of sharing their magic and they're creating an illusion. And she describes that their magic is sort of touching, like, his magic and hers. And it, it kind of, like, explodes into this, like, crazy scene of, like, flowers and thorns and ivies and, like, a gar- gorgeous garden. And she's laughing because she's like, wow, this is nuts. And he's like, murmur, murmur, murmur. And he kisses her. <gasps> and she already, she's immediately leaning into the kiss. She's, like pushing him to the ground and like straddling him <laughs> she's taking the lead 100 percent. she's like like the laces of his pants are undone her skirt's kind of going up but then she does stop she's yeah. like what the fuck am i doing what am i doing <laughs> yeah because i mean like likely she's never had sex before yeah yeah and like that's not that important by any means but like already she's getting the confidence to take initiative like that. Yeah. Especially to a degree like that. And I'm just like, you can do better. Yeah. I know, yeah, yeah, totally do better. Um, totally. So, that... I'm happy for her, though. Me, t- me too. Good job. Honestly, yeah. So, like, that kind of happens. And then the prince comes back sometime later. And this is where we get some kind of shitty things going on. Where her decisions have consequences. So well, when she yeah. when she saved her friend, she sent a note to her to Kaz's mother saying like she's fine. She probably can never come back or can't mm-hmm. come back at present, but she's okay. However, I guess a couple other letters had been sent, and while her Kaz's mother was ailing and ill, another woman read her letters for her and found out that Kaza was alive and well and hadn't been abducted and the corruption didn't kill her mm-hmm. and this word got around real quick and it got back to the prince yeah. so the prince comes with the falcon so with his like sort of advisory wizard guy yeah um who already such a if you think the dragon is a dick this guy's a cunt <laughs> holy he is crap he is 100 percent worse and like <sighs> gaslighting, manipulative, and just, like, treating Agnishka like a child. And it's just like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> like, like just an asshole. 
anyway, the reason why the prince is there is to test and make sure that, you know, Kaza is uncorrupted and like see if this is actually true and trying to convince the dragon to go back into the woods with him and a couple other people because when he was very young his mother ran away with some peasant guy the prince's mother the prince's mother okay. ran away with uh, I think like a, a, a noble man from like uh, the rival nation and got kidnapped into the woods <gasps> And ever since he was a child, he has wanted every chance he could to try to save her. To try to be the hero. Yeah. <laughs> if you could believe that. No. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. Uh, which is why when he found out early, earlier on that Agnieszka was a witch, he was trying to enlist her in that moment, being like, I need your help, before she fucking thwacked yeah. him. Yeah. We love a thwack. I love a good thwack. Love a good thwack. Especially when he's like bleeding very hard after that. <laughs> it was great. Anyway, like he somehow convinces them to like go into the woods, and it's kind of through Agnishka's initiative actually trying to like, what if we weaken the woods before we go in to try to save the queen? And they do this by destroying like a part of the wood that had kind of like crept in a little bit. That was a, sort of a newer corruption. So okay. they destroyed it, and then they went into the woods. They went into the woods with 30 soldiers, like the best soldiers that you could find. Mm -hmm. And they came out with only two. Lovely. Yeah. I guess this would also be a bit of a, uh, a warning as, like, the absolute bloodbath that followed <laughs> that party <laughs> was fucked. Love it. <laughs> so fucked. Already the dragon is like, this is a waste of time. Like, this is so stupid. And he's trying to like, but he's just trying to protect these people as much as possible. Yeah. Versus the falcon who is like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> and the prince is like, whatever it takes to save my mom. Very misguided. So... They go into the woods and already some of the soldiers are getting picked off by the forest. Whether it's they themselves getting corrupted and like killing each other or just kind of getting lost in the woods and never being found again. Mm -hmm. But they do find the queen. They do find her in one of these heart trees. Okay. It's another bloodbath. <laughs> There's like some monsters and creatures and basically giant praying mantises that come out cool. and start like tearing people apart and Love eating it. them. There are some of the tree folks that come and just like fuck shit up more and it's really fucked. But through a lot of that blood and turmoil, they do eventually get her out and they do save the queen if that's what you want to say. Yeah. <laughs> and if that's how you'd like to say it. <laughs> Because she, the queen, as soon as she's out, she doesn't say anything. She's catatonic. Yeah. She's yeah. been there for, like, what, decades yeah. at this point? Yeah, at like, least 25 years Jesus. she's been in this tree, just stewing in corruption. <laughs> yeah. And if, if it's any, like, thought of, like, uh, like, a measurement of this, Kaza was in there for less than a day. Yeah. And she was already fully corrupted. So the fact that she's in there for 25 years is kind of yeah. like, you <laughs> she's know. She's probably pretty gone. She's, like, pretty fucked. Yeah. So the prince, on the one hand, happy that his mom is out, but on the other hand is really upset that she is not talking and healing and, like, that there's nothing that they could do to kind of get her to react to things. Yeah. They take her 
as well as Kaza and Agnishka to the capital. The reason why they have to take Kaza to the capital is because they basically, the queen and her both have to stand on trial. And yeah. Why does Kaza Ooh. have to stand on trial? Yeah, so this is kind of a weird thing. What the thing. fuck did she do wrong? It's because that they were both in the woods and both oh. corrupted. Oh, but. Did so you... now they're responsible for the woods bullshittery? It's. Yeah, yeah, kind of. yeah I chose to be taken into the woods. Yeah. I chose to be put into a heart tree. It is because I am carrying a uterus that I. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's. I'm sure men get taken. There into are men the woods, also in so heart trees, not, yes. But I like, just think it's bullshit. It is. So the reason why they both have to go there is they both have to show that they are uncorrupted. Mm -hmm. But this is kind of where the politics comes in. That's just, like, garbage. (laughs) Where they cannot let the queen live and kill Kaza. But then they can also not kill the queen and let Kaza live. Do you know what I mean? They're two different fucking people. Yeah. They're two completely different situations that should not apply to one another. Yeah. But one's a queen, Allison. What are you talking about? Well, the queen should not have been taken out of the fucking tree. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not a good time. Um, so the dragon has to stay behind in his tower because he technically can't leave without the king's written order, basically. Because he has to stay and protect the, yes. the kingdom from the wood. Yeah, blah. Um, so, Bureaucracy. Of course, all that bullshit. So Agnishka goes with her friend because she's, of course, not leaving her. Duh. And also, this is her chance to become like a certified witch Mm -hmm. so she has the not legal standing but she has the sway to go to trial to defend her yeah because if she just went in as like her friend they would not listen to her at all uh so she goes and she hates it she is not impressed by the capital she is not impressed by the politics and the bureaucracy and the games that the lords and ladies and royalty play against one another like she hates every single moment of it and also the falcon is just just also being no help at all he's like uh, he's kind of playing mind games (laughs) yeah he doesn't sound like the type to be helpful no no not at all and he's just like he almost speaks in dumb riddles <laughs> and she's like what do you mean <laughs> why can't you give me a yeah, straight lots answer of, like vague kind of yeah 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 and just being cryptic yeah and just being like i've told you why don't you understand and she's just so frustrated <laughs> she it's hates like, it it's like because you told me a sentence as a metaphor and i asked you what was for lunch yeah literally <laughs> <laughs> And the trial also doesn't happen right away, too, because there's also some more political bullshit that kind of is just like, well, the king can't, you know, have this trial already because he's really upset that the queen's back when he's moved on. And, you know, this is an awkward thing where he has this other woman. He has (laughs) this woman that's wanting to be his wife and that he wants to be happy with. And the queen, who's come back from the woods, who actually (laughs) ran away with another man. Who didn't want to be here. Yeah. Let her exist in the tree. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the the trial takes a long time to happen, too, because of political bullshit. And this is kind of a, something that I really love, too, about 
her standing trial for her, like, being on as a witness, Mm -hmm. because she's had, like, so long, uh, at least a couple weeks, maybe even, like, two months, being in the court and knowing how fucked up they are (laughs) and how, like, word-gamey they are, she knows that she cannot go up there and articulate exactly how to defend her friend and how to, like, save her friend. So she uses magic. She uses an illusion uh, spell to recreate the memory of saving her friend and then also saving the queen. And, like, blow by blow, it's, like, fucked up. <laughs> yeah, a little different. Yeah. couple different scenarios Yeah, the, there. the court and the whole trial people are shaken <laughs> from this. So I really, really love that ingenuity of, like, hey, I'm not going to play word games. I'm just going to show you what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and... By the way, the entire time also, like, that she's there, the queen has not said a word. She is still catatonic. But during the trial, when the king is about to pass sentence, and you know he's going to pass sentence to kill the queen. Yeah. Because he's like, I can't, one, I can't risk corruption. Yeah. Um, and two, I fucking loathe you, and I want to be with this other woman who probably isn't going to run away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's in this moment before he announces what his verdict is, is that she comes to she speaks again and she's like no like if you're going to kill me for the corruption that's fine but i'm not a traitor i didn't run away i was taken okay yeah (laughs) all these fucking women being taken what is this world yeah Mm, here narratively i thought she had agency for her choice so Mm. now i'm see I don't want to give too much away, but I think she did have agency for her choice. Did, is she lying? Maybe. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit more. So the there's <laughs> there is some more political bullshit that happens where it's like, you know, the queen is like, oh my god, blah, 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 this happened to me. Where, like, I was kidnapped, I never wanted to run away, we have to go to war with Razia and, like, the neighboring country, <laughs> all this jazz. And, like, people are like, okay... This is a little bit crazy and unexpected. Um, I'd say not everybody at court is an asshole. There is... (laughs) (laughs) Not everybody. Not everyone. There is one person that she meets that is so cool. She meets uh, Aloshia. Aloshia. Who is just a witch that has, like, never had any interest in the court who knows the severity of the corruption of the woods and for decades has been forging this one blade and infusing her magic into it a little Ooh. bit at a time so that the blade, you almost don't see it as metal. It's almost like a translucent piece. Cool. It's Invisible really, really cool. Sword. It's, it's kind of an, like, woozo, 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 like a heat. You, like, you know how you see the mirage heat? Yeah. That's what is like this sword. Oh. It's so cool. Anyway, so she spends a lot of her time, Agnieszka, with this woman, um, especially during when the queen starts talking, is talking about war, because she finds a lot of comfort in her sanity and just being away from the politics and, and that stuff. But then a lot of shit starts happening. The king dies very oh, suddenly. Fun. Actually, after the trial, there is some of the wood corruption got into the capital city I wonder how. Weird. Weird. So weird. Uh, It turned one of the mages and it killed the king. Weird. Yeah. Definitely you didn't see that coming when you bring a fucking 
someone who's you know, been in there for 25 years suddenly chooses to speak. Yeah. Weird. Awkward. Yeah, great but choice. they don't see that as this. They still are like, no, it's fine, guys. The Look over there. <laughs> the, the, the queen takes this moment to be like, yeah, let's put aside our grief and let's go to war. So she sends her oldest son. So like, so there's the two princes. There's the young prince that saved her, and then the older, more sensible prince. Okay. Um, he sends. She sends him off to like take some soldiers and go fuck up, you know, them. But he dies in an ambush. Also very suddenly. So suddenly. So weird. And some traitorous soldiers uh, decide, well, let's fuck up the crown princess and her children. <gasps> yeah. They have, uh, there's a boy and a girl, and the crown princess, like, dies saving her kids. Oh, it's, no. it's really traumatic. And actually, too, like, the boy, the older boy, sees the last moment where, like, the mom gets stabbed. And he's, like, kind of permanently scarred. Oh it's really fucked. <laughs> so Agnishka and Keza take the children and leave. They immediately head straight for uh, the dragon's castle because they know that's, at, at present, the safest place for them. Yeah. And they also get the sword that Aloshia does give them. They eventually Does Kaza wield it? Does the strong Not yet. Pre- Fuck. Not will yet, she but she, she will. will. She, she will. Yes. Um, actually, uh, during their travels, Kazia actually asks Agnishka to make her a blade. So they... It's really, really rudimentary, but they have, like, just a couple daggers and some sticks, and she uses magic to fashion it, and it almost is like a giant kitchen knife. Oh, it's God. so cool. Um, so they barely make it to the dragon's tower where the prince is already waiting classically for them and they have like their own little army so the dragon has enlisted the help of a baron uh from like a neighboring place to kind of like hey can you help me save these children from this corruption and he's like yeah why not yeah (laughs) there's probably more to it but like you know he he steps in at this moment and there's about to be, like, a siege on the tower. So, like, there's kind of, like, that calm, and it's like, hey, everybody get some rest as much as you can. And this is where we get to, like, a steamy scene. (laughs) Ooh. Yeah. So another reason why I really love this book is when it comes to a lot of romances, I feel... I mean, not that this is a romance novel by any means, but when there is a romance in a novel, it's usually a lot more focused on. Like, it's given a little bit more of a spotlight than maybe other things. Yeah. But with Agnishka and the dragon, like, we have this steamy moment of, like, a kissing makeout scene, but their relationship, they never really talk about it. it they're, they're never like, oh, you know, I looked away so suddenly, or I could feel my, you know, his gaze on me. Like, there's never yeah. that. It's still very... They they are themselves, I think, and that's what I really like. Yeah. Uh, and especially in this moment where shit's about to go down, and like the castle isn't under siege, and even better, she fucking initiates it. Yes. She's like, like at the dead of night, she goes into his chamber, and he's like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" <laughs> She's like, "You and me." Yeah. <laughs> she literally off. like crying. <laughs> What? Oh, I'm yeah. assuming that's what she said. Oh, uh, she. <laughs> I know I asked about pegging earlier, but I'm oh, still. Oh my god, it's so good because oh. she literally climbs on top of him. Ah, Emily, 
and he's he's kind of the one being the resistant one at first. And she eventually is like, do you want me to go? <laughs> <laughs> do you just want me to leave? Yeah. I'll leave. Do you not want this? <laughs> Which is a, fo- like, you know. I love it. Love yeah, it. 100%. Consent all the way. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And he's like, no, <laughs> I don't want you to leave. So then they fuck. And it's like yes. a real, it's a really good. Like, they don't describe... If you think this is bad, and you want to read Neon Gods, you have another fucking thing coming. (laughs) I listen, listen, listen. I can read horny shit in the privacy of my own mind. Okay? In my own mind, I can make something as horny or as not horny as I need it to be to go through things. But when my friends... Uh, Fonda, we've seen your drawings, though. (laughs) Listen! Listen! Rude. I have a really hard time with like verbally talking about horny things. If it's written or in a drawn form, oh. I'm okay. Oh but verbally, God. I'm like, oh my God. So, so good. And I should add, there's it's actually a really well written sex scene. It's okay. like there's no description of like entering. <laughs> oh <laughs> my God. Know. Fonda's wiggling uncomfortably next to me. Again! Again, verbally. It's a very good sex scene because it's one of those things that, like, there's a lot of, like, make out, there's a lot of foreplay, but then as soon as it gets to, like, the intercourse, it does that, like, cutaway. Fade to black. Fade to black. So it still leaves, like, enough for the imagination, but we have a very strong description (laughs) lead-up. Oh, yeah. Till like we get to the the point where like they're kind of talking a little bit afterwards, and he's describing like, yeah, you have a very strong connection to the woods, <laughs> and it's really weird, and maybe you don't want that and stuff. That's some insane pillow talk. Like, yeah, let's, let's talk about your magic for a second. Yeah, she like he's literally talking about like after this fight where she is like how can there be an after to this, like, very important and improbable moment that's going to happen? Like, the, the, it's such, the idea of a future right now is, like, not on the cards. <laughs> We're just gonna die yeah. tomorrow. Why, why am I, why am I thinking about that when I have to think about this? <laughs> like, Nishka's like, I live in the present. I yeah. don't. Yeah. L- like, literally, it, it's so great that she's just so, like, not abrupt or abrasive, not by any means, but she is very much, like, present. And she is very, like, in the moment. And she's so emotional and empathetic. And that's what's really driven her to, like, save her friends and try to save, you know, her town and her family and the land is because she's like, I don't know what's happening and I I want to try to fix it. And that's what's so, so great is that she's always just trying to trying to help and not... She's also doing this great thing where she's not hurting herself to help others. Mm-hmm. She's finding this great balance of like, okay, like let's do our best. And oh, it's so fucking great. I just mm-hmm. fucking love her. Sorry. No, <laughs> you're allowed. To, this is what we are here for. So uh, almost right after they fuck, like there's some time afterwards where he falls asleep and she's still awake, thinking like. And she's like, oh, fuck. So basically, like, yeah, this ambush happens at night. And, like, they're not too unprepared, but it is like, oh, fuck, we got to get our shit together. And obviously a lot of terrible things happen. People kind of die. And they kind of get pushed further and further into this tower. 
to the point where they end up in like the crypts and the catacombs where there is this um sarcophagus yeah there's a sarcophagus in this room or a tomb yes um so that kind of implies that this tower has been here for a very very long time um and it does actually it's very important to the not plot of the woods but the connection to the woods which is really, really cool. So they are retreating into these catacombs and into this crypt um, with the children trying to save them. And the this is at this point where we see the queen, who's also here in battle, mm-hmm. uh, totally decked out in armor, and we truly see, oh, she is just totally corrupted and always has been. No shit. Yeah. Who saw that coming? Yeah, no duh. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Obviously. So she is trying to kill her grandchildren. Like, Mm -hmm. she's fully, like, has vines coming out of her and is trying to, like, wrap them around the children. (laughs) Um, And uh, this is kind of, like, the only real redemption that we get for the prince. Because in this moment, as asshole as he was before, he saves his niece and nephew like he like cuts the vines and he like you know pushes the children like away to safety and yet we have his folly where he's like still trying to convince himself and maybe try to get his mom out he's still like he's still begging for his mom to like recognize him to come out to like save everyone to like stop being like this like mom like i know you're in there and there's like a really savage moment where Agnishka, because it is also told from all of her point of view, Agnishka describes, like, if there is any ounce of his mother left in there, she used it there to give him a quick and merciful death. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, like, he didn't even, like, know that he failed. (laughs) Was her exact description of his death. He died so fast and so hard. Yeah, that he just was gone. Wild. So, like, another, like, brief battle ensues where Kaznia is, like, fighting the queen herself, almost single-handedly. It is awesome. Awesome. And they're just about to fail. And they, in a way, they still kind of do fail, but, like, she takes this amazing magic sword and, like, cuts off her head. Yes. And while this technically doesn't kill the corruption in a way, it does, like, kill the host and, like, it really damages the wood. Something that I did kind of forget to mention, too, is that during this moment, very important to the plot and to the reason why the wood is corrupt, is Agnishka gets a vision of the catacombs that they are in and of the, like, the wood queen, where she is basically, like, her, this man, this king is being laid to rest, and, you know, this woman, this gorgeous sort of wood-like woman is, like, you know, staring and confused and uncertain, while... His subjects are walling her inside. (gasps) Yeah. This happened, like, a long time ago, and she's seeing this vision of this wood queen who is embodying the current queen. Yeah. uh, And being like, oh, okay, so there's more to the corruption of this wood than it's just an asshole and and it's just evil. There's a reason why this wood is kind of... seeking vengeance for the horrible murder of its queen. Well, kind of, but not only that. There, it, there's a lot more, like, detail going Love on it. and shit. It, it's really, really great. So 
they do succeed. The children are fine. Um, and Kazia goes with the children, because she's grown quite fond of them, actually, uh, goes with them to bring them safely to their grandparents on their mother's side. While <laughs> Agnieszka convinces the dragon that this is the time that we can, like, stop the corruption. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he is like... This is a bad idea. He's like, no, we did a great job today. We did a lot of great work. But, like, the wood is corrupt and it's always going to be corrupt. And she's like, no, we can fix this. <laughs> now is the time. Let's do it. Now is the time. So, like, they go into the woods and they find deep in the woods this incredible grove of hard trees. Like, tons of them. And they also find the wood queen. She's just hanging uh -huh. out there. And she's also kind of, in a way, catatonic. She's just kind of, like, sitting there. And they start setting fire to these trees and, like, casting magic to try to destroy them. <laughs> and, like, the queen also catches fire, but it's not having, like, the best effect on her because she is kind of human, so she's kind of fighting it off. But we see this moment where she's trying to put herself out, but also put the other trees out. So we already get this kind of sense and this connection of her empathy and, like, there's more to this yeah. feeling of, like, the trees and, like, a connection and an empathy and emotion going on here. Uh, so, I basically, Agnishka and the dragon kind of fail. Like, Agnishka gets forced into one of these heart trees. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that the queen, like, forces her into it. Yeah. To which she has another very intense vision of, like, you know, thousands of years ago, presumably, where the these people used to live in the woods, and they used to be a part of the woods, and they used to be kind of wood-like. Nymph is for water, I think, right? And Dryad is for wood. I've heard people say wood nymph, but wood let, nymph? Me, let me quickly... Yeah, because I, I don't want to describe them as wood nymphs exactly, because they don't, like, kind of merge into trees and come out again. Yeah. Um, but they are very, like wooded yeah. <laughs> people. Okay, so dryad is specific to Greek mythology. Okay. They're a nymph or nature spirit. So nymph and dryad would be correct in this situation. Okay. But maybe not correct too because they aren't technically spirits. They are people. Yeah. They're just wood people. <laughs> and they have a queen and they have like the queen's sister. And the queen is going to marry the king, like a human king, and go off to live with him. And the idea was that they were hoping that the the wood people would remember what it's like to be people, mm -hmm. and the people would learn something from mm -hmm. being with the earth and being connected to, like, the forest and nature. But unfortunately, that didn't really work out, <laughs> as Clearly. we can see. <laughs> when the king died, the subjects walled the queen in uh, with the dead husband, king, yep. and started turning against these people out of what, you know, you could call it fear, you can call it greed, you can call it whatever. <laughs> yeah, they, they were just like, not, no, they weren't having a good, they didn't like it yeah. because they're assholes. So these people choosing, they chose instead to be trees. They chose the life that we are going to continue to be ourselves and be reasonable and be dreaming and and be who we are so that we don't learn the wrong lessons and don't learn their wrong lessons mm. which i thought was really beautiful and 
you know, we see these moments where the queen's sister is, like, helping these people, like, turning them into, like, different trees. Some of them are becoming, like, the heart trees. Others are just becoming regular trees. And she herself turns into one of these heart trees, the heart tree, actually, that Agnishka is in. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does try to convince Agnishka, not through any forceful means, but being like, hey, you could join me. You could be at peace like me in, in this dreaming, you know, peaceful state but then you would lose yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you stay like this, you're going to be corrupted and you are going to corrupt me. So there's kind of that moment that goes on and she, and you know, in this vision, um, the sister does turn herself into a tree and ma- much time goes by where the queen does escape and she comes back to this grove and she sees all of her people and all of her family and all of her friends have been transformed. And she is about to take the fruit that they bear and eat it to transform herself. But then she hears something. She hears the sound of an axe hitting wood. And she runs to, like, investigate, and she sees these two woodcutters that are chopping down this tree and one of her people. And in this complete rage, she charges on them and kills one of them. And the other one, she... Because they've already partly damaged this tree. This tree is not going to survive. Mm -hmm. So she takes this man and basically forces him into the tree to heal it and to help it. And this (laughs) is where the corruption started. Is because she learned the wrong lessons from the people. She learned about rage. She learned about revenge and grief and misery and she's feeling that for this whole time because her people are gone and these new human people are coming in and continuing to hurt them and all she wants to do is to save her people and be with her people but she can't because she's lost herself it's in this moment that she kind of know agnishka knows how she could save her so she does have the power to come back out of the tree and i think it's in part helped by the queen's sister because her sister no- wants nothing more than to be with her sister. Mm-hmm. She wants nothing more than to have her family and her queen back with her. And this tree, the sister, is damaged from the fire. So she goes over to the queen um, in her state and just kind of talks with her. And, like, not calms her exactly, but through this moment of, like, woman to woman and hardship to hardship they can talk out their feelings. Yay! (laughs) Yay! And the sister, not the sister, Agnishka leads the queen over to her sister and does this, like, ritual, like, gives her clean fruit and makes her one with her sister. (laughs) Yay! Yeah, and it's, it's just such a beautiful conclusion that I just love is that, you know, the one, the forest was never evil... Yeah. In its basic sense of what we know as quote unquote evil. Yeah. It's just, it was just fueled by like grief and rage and revenge and misery and heartache. And I thought that there was a lot of similarities too between the queen and Agnishka mm-hmm. in a way. And obviously the parallels aren't exactly the same, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But in terms of, like, a feeling of connection, of empathy, Agnishka cares just as deeply for her home, for her village, for her family, as the queen did Mm -hmm. for them. And, you know, they just both maybe took 
slightly different directions or more accurately were influenced by their situation. Yeah. And it unfortunately turned out very poorly for the queen, but, you know, Agnieszka was able to really help her sort of let that go and be with her sister. And and this is kind of where we get to the end of the book. <gasps> the next day, the dragon just fucks off. Okay. He Like, they go back to the tower, they're sort of recuperating, and she approaches him as he's packing, and he's basically telling her, like, you know, I'm going back to the capital to, like, save whatever corruption there and, like, banish that, blah, blah, blah. He's basically just running away. Yeah. <laughs> because she's, his emotional barriers and his emotional walls are so crumbled down that he's just like, nope, I don't want to have this sense of commitment. I don't want to have the sense of vulnerability ever again. <laughs> I don't want to be stuck here. Yeah. And he just fucks off. But what I love about this specific moment is as he's explaining to her, like, his feelings and it's like, you know, I'm just leaving. She's like, okay, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay with the wood and, yeah. like, help banish a little bit more of the corruption that still lingers. And he's like, you're insane and she she literally just like has this great one-liner and is like just walks out of the room she's she, it's oh she's the one that leaves him hanging i guess in yeah. a way you know and that's just shows such an extra powerful progression of her character where before she was so intimidated before she was so meek i guess like kind of what you would see as like the typical princess yeah and dragon trope but at the end she is just so in tune with herself and her own choices and her own potential that she doesn't end up with the dragon she doesn't end up with anybody at the end yeah and the prologue if you will is a year later where she's still in the forest she is slowly but surely like cleansing any of like the heart trees that are you know too corrupted that cannot be saved um those tree folk uh individuals are also like helping her now because oh, cool. they are not insane yeah because it was the toxic fruit that was making them insane so like they're friendly now and they're helping her and she's living in the forest and she's traveling around and helping these villages wherever she can and she's that perfect aesthetic <laughs> yeah of like a forest witch and just like hanging out Cottage doing her own core. thing yeah it's it's so amazing to me then at the end as well like she's having this beautiful festival with her parents the dragon does show back up after a year and you know, he's like, I'm here to collect the tax, blah, blah, blah. But he's he did come back for her, even yeah. though she was never expecting him to come back. She was very content living out the rest of her life without him. Mm -hmm. And I just think that is amazing. Yeah. Like that, you, I, not to say that you don't find that a lot, but to know that she is so confident and so powerful with herself, by herself, that she's found exactly where she not only needs to be, but where she wants to be, and has found such happiness and contentment in her life. It's so rare. And especially for somebody that, as Agnieszka kind of is depicted, she's a very emotional, very sensitive individual. To have had the experiences of a lot of the assholes walking all over her, a lot of, like, 
this political toxicness, a lot of, like, people taking away her choice or taking away her agency, for her to, like, still find herself, mm-hmm. I find is just... It's something that's so beautiful and I admire so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm... I don't know if I'm articulating it even the best how I much I like her. <laughs> well, it's been a long uh, episode of you explaining why you like her. So. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Uh, it'll just have to go up in two chunks on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. Oh, no. Uh, Emily, would you like to tell us? That's YouTube's problem. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's not our problem. That's YouTube's problem. Emily, would you like to tell us what you're excited about right now? Oh, it could I, be anything. I should have thought about that before I came here. <laughs> you didn't have to. Um. Well, I'm. I don't know what I'm excited about. I see the problem with me is that I get. Is some good things happen to me? Well, a lot of good things happen to me. I'm, I'm very privileged <laughs> person, and I'm very grateful for a lot of things. But I don't get excited for things until they get here. Like when people say, like, "Oh, I'm excited for this Hawaii trip." It's like, no, I'll be excited when I'm in Hawaii yeah. kind of thing. So my excitement is very delayed. Though I will say some really exciting thing that happened with work or with uh, my job is I'm a person that works in uh, wardrobe and in costume, and I got a mentorship opportunity where I can learn how to design costumes in the theater. That's so, so exciting. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited. So that technically starts next year. But I get to work on some of my own projects that I get to then display next year to show people, like, hey, this is what I've learned. This is what I've designed. I could put that on a resume, and it's like, yeah, I did it. (laughs) I did a thing. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Well, Emily, is there anything you'd like to plug? Something where people could find you or something that you think other people should find? Oh, goodness. Well, I'm not a very interesting person, but if you wanted to find me at on Instagram at, at Emily Suzanne T. Bear, that would be really cool. I am right now listening to another podcast, though, if I could plug that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's a pretty well-known uh, podcast, but it's called... Random Number Generator Horror Podcast Number Nine. <laughs> I've I've talked to Allison a little bit yes. about this one. It's by the creators of uh, Night Vale, and they are basically talking about horror movies and the horror genre in this perfect balance way that one of them loves horror and the other one doesn't. So for someone who, as I am, is breaking into horror a little bit more, but is still a little bit squeamish, it's great to get all the spoilers for all of these horror movies and get a rating for how squeamish it is, but then also hear them explain why it makes good horror and, yeah. like, why it is success- successful or why it falls flat. It's really eye-opening for me, and, and that's something I'd like to plug. Yeah. <laughs> nice! Well, dear listeners, you can find us wherever podcasts can be found. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. You can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at WenchBenchPod. And if you want to reach out, you can send us an email at WenchBenchPod at gmail.com. All the art for the WenchBench was designed by the wonderful Tessa Joyce Rican. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram at Wervile. Emily, thank you so much for coming and doing this episode with us. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for having me, guys. Yeah. And listeners, thank you very much for joining us. We will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Emily, you can say bye. Bye. Uh, where the ambush happened. Ah! Oh, fucking shit! Hey, do my work socks smell bad, Fonda? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> you asshole. Being uh, assaulted. Hot shit. It is. It's, it's very hot It's pretty here. toasty. Um, that makes the... sound. Is that, is that loud I enough? Know. I don't know. Oh. Breathe, the... intermission, interlude. What gimmick? The remote gets up. The remote gimmick? Here, turn the light off. Oh. Oh, no. There's a couple. This is... This is... Thank you! I love it. Stumbling into the room. Allison's problematic taste in men. I love him dearly. No! Why do I feel like it'd be No! No! <laughs> At least he didn't spit in your water this time. Oh, uh, yeah, you did! Well, that's a good idea. I got <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Bonda! Targeted. Oh. I find Kovu attractive from Lion King 2, and Fonda didn't understand oh. that. Yeah. No, um, I see it. Until, like, she watched The Bad Boys or something like guys. that. The Bad Guys, a different one. Oh! Um, yeah. yeah, so Fonda didn't understand, <laughs> but, like, yeah, at least that one was, like, somewhat anthropomorphized. Mm -hmm. Like, Kovu's very... Kovu is lax, full but, animal. like, the standing yeah. part of was Kovu in the second movie? He's in the second movie. He was With, Scar's son. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> then I know exactly what you mean. Kovu was incredibly attractive. <laughs> Kovu was a hot lion. Oh my Everything god. Just like, circle. he had like this sort of like, not scowl, but it's kind of like this sort of like look that's narrow You could eye. exactly picture what oh he would look god. like as oh a my human. God. Oh my so god. So nice. And it was audience, great. Mm -hmm. Audience, audience. Everything comes full circle. <laughs> it just all comes back around to the uh, Lion every King. Every episode's gonna end with Kovu. Every episode uh, ends with talking with about strange attraction. attraction.